I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield, back here for another day, and uh, we got a great show for you guys today. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, check us out uh, live, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and Samsung TV Plus, and also wherever you get your podcast. Fun one coming up today, we get to check in with our friend Nicole Arbach, right. senior writer over at The Athletic and college football correspondent at NBC Sports. She was down in Dallas. Meetings going on yesterday about the future of the college football playoff. We've also got college football tonight, we do which is going to be awesome. A full slate starting tonight through the weekend. No NFL this weekend, but uh, we start that next Thursday. But a whole slate of college ball. I know we had it last week as Notre Dame got their win. Go Irish. Uh, but yeah, I'm so excited to sit in front of the TV tonight. Going to be excellent to kickstart that. Um, We'll also get to, hopefully, special guests coming up here pretty soon. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> He's been a wild card. Uh, country music superstar Darius Rucker. Right, right. Uh, noted South Carolina alum, obviously, Hootie and the Blowfish. But for the express purposes of college football season, also going to be part of the new college game day song. The new yes. Welcome to Your City version is Big and Rich Hang Up the Cleats. Darius, one of the trio that is going to be featured in that song, as is Gamecocks, gets set to take on UNC in the uh, opening college game day game of the year. Big game. You're calling that game. Yes, so you'll on radio. Be out there for that one. Uh, nice, nice, nice game to start off, or you know, first week of college football. As we're in week one, not week zero. That whole you know, mess is finally behind us. It is finally behind us. But, uh, guys, before we get to anything else, if we're going to talk about college football, big venues, and make it a statement, <laughs> there was no bigger opening statement for this season than what we saw last night. We mentioned it yesterday but it happened. There's a difference between saying it and doing it, and Nebraska women's volleyball went out and did the damn thing last night, setting not just a college volleyball attendance record, not just a U.S. attendance record, but a world attendance record for a women's sporting event at 92,003 attending the women's volleyball match between them and Omaha at Memorial Stadium, where the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team plays. And Dad, you can see the sights and sounds from last night. An absolute electric factory as they packed that thing to the brim. So it, it had to be such an incredible moment for those women, for the volleyball world, right? Because it's a situation where as football players, what we did, we were used to running out in front of crowds that big. Though I will say, the biggest crowd at Memorial Stadium in Nebraska Talk about it. was 91,000 plus. So this beat that. Again, you could put seats on the floor, which certainly uh, can, can up the attendance. But this was bigger than the largest uh, crowd at a Nebraska football game. But still, football players are used to going out in front of crowds that big. For these ladies, that had to be incredible experience. They came running out of the tun tunnel, Jesse. I mean, it had to be overwhelming for them. Well, they said, I mean, a, a couple of them were quoted afterwards, and they were like, we don't even know how to describe what just happened to us. Also, would love to point out, this was like a ticketed 
event. It yeah. was pay. You had to pay to get in. Yep. So it's not even like, you know, oh, it was free. You just yeah, had to show yeah. up. Like you had to pay to get in. I saw something that said tickets were like $25 for adults, $5 for high school students. But some of the tickets were reaching like $400 on the secondary market. The, the largest volleyball crowd before this involved Nebraska and Wisconsin, and it was back in 2000, December 2021, that was a little over 16,800. <laughs> and I mean, now we're at 92,000. And that was kind of the impetus for this. Yeah, Nebraska yeah. and everyone here looked at that situation and said, all right, how can we do more? They talked about doing it in the basketball stadium there in Nebraska as well. And everyone involved, the athletic director, everyone said, why don't we think bigger? And this idea started to ruminate here. And remember what it turned into. It was a day off of class for everybody at Nebraska. Yeah. It so, was the ability to sell alcohol in the stadium, which is not normally allowed right. there. They had a Scotty McCreary concert going on there. We saw the fireworks show go off after that. It was an incredible moment here for a Nebraska women's volleyball program that, again, is one of the premier programs in yeah. the country, fifth ranked in this season, owners of five national championships, and their legendary coach, John Cook, was pretty overwhelmed himself talking about what this moment meant after the game. Yeah, you're going to make me cry right now. I mean, this is unbelievable for women's athletics to do this in Nebraska. You know, we've, we've, done, we've dreamed big here tonight. We really dreamed big. And, and uh, again, I think Kennedy or wrote me a note today and said, Coach, t tonight we'll do the impossible will be possible. We did it. John, it doesn't happen without a vision. Congratulations on having the vision. Thanks, thanks, thanks. They're Big Ten for me. That gives me chills just watching yeah. that for them. And Because I have still said, even through my nine years in the NFL of running out of stadiums, nothing has matched the chills and the, the joy I got of running out of the tunnel at Notre Dame for sure. college. So to do that in college is just so much fun. And then, and that's, again, normally reserved for football. These ladies from the volleyball team, I mean, what an experience for them. And we know how big volleyball is in the Midwest. Wisconsin's the number one team yep. in the country right now. Had a tough one against Arkansas last night, but, but they're, they're obviously monstrous in this as Nebraska. It, it's what you do as a little kid, you know, and grow up to, and how popular that sport is. And I'm glad that dream came to fruition last night for them. Their normal venue seats about 8,000 people <laughs> where they play those games. <laughs> the original 82,000 ticket allotment that sold out in three days for wow. this event. And they obviously brought in the extra seating, right. chasing that record with the extra space. What a great moment for that program. What a great moment for the continued uh, it's not even the rise as much as it is the like declaration. Women's sports has had so much yeah. to offer, has always offered so much, and is finally seeming to get the recognition of people going, well, yeah, no, if you build it and if you give it a platform, people are going to watch, people are going to come. We've seen that in ratings for televised games on ABC during the women's tournament in March Madness, and now we see it yet again resounding in a moment like this. Very, very cool for everybody involved. Big congratulations to everybody who pulled that off. Jesse, you ever play in front of a crowd of no, uh, 92,000 no. when you were playing uh, College lacrosse? lacrosse? No, yeah. I think maybe we got about like, you know, 250 maybe on. Uh, 250,000? Yeah, no, 250 uh, period. We yeah, did yeah. find yeah. out you were the owner of the only straight red card in BC lacrosse history? Yeah, I mean, that was at the time. So like maybe some, some girls came out and took that crown from me. But at the time, yes, I was. Got a red card? A red card. It was an accident. Oh, stop it. It was an accident. It was an accident. It was an accident. It was an accident. As all great yes. penalties are. Yes. As yes. all great penalties are. And she's are. fine for the record. <laughs> you checked in on her after? Are you guys still friends to this day? I wanted to make sure I didn't cause any permanent damage. She's, She's fine. fine. You, She's fine. You gave her the Aaron Rodgers oh. treatment? I don't even know who yeah. you are. <laughs> Go over there and shove her yeah. dirt. Yeah, wow. Oh my bad. God. She's fine after Sports I stepped on her. Yeah. You know, what can I say? You can step over or you can step, step on. Yeah. Sometimes Choices the path were made. Is easier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Choices were made. Uh, we are Go Joe and Golick. We're brought to you by Wrangler. Made for the ride for life. Ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Uh, Jesse, speaking of the ride of life, we had an interesting ride uh, go on yesterday, a continuation of a ride around the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, and this a mess of a situation. I mean, just when you think it can't get messier, oh, brother, mm. it does. It does. So we found out a couple things. First of all, you know, we hear that the Colts were asking the Dolphins for, like, Jalen Waddle and, you know, just making some ridiculous uh, requests there. But 
We also found out from Stephen Holder, okay, that the Packers were in talks with the Colts and had legitimate interest in Jonathan Taylor. Guys, this feels like it just keeps getting twistier and windier. Like, how do we feel about this, about, you know, why the Packers are interested here? Because, Senior, you were saying you were pretty surprised that they were one of the teams. Oh, I was very surprised that they were one of the teams. You got two dynamic backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones rushed for more yards, caught more passes. But A.J. Dillon, I called a few Packer games last year, and he's quadzilla. I, I if I had legs like that, I mean, dude, is just just monstrous. I, I thought you were going to say you'd never wear pants. I was like, I'm pretty. sure I was going to say, yeah, I couldn't couldn't really go. Down, I saw where down you were going. Road. I saw the wheels turning, yeah, and I'm glad yeah. you pulled over on the off Yeah, obviously they would have to move one of those running backs because Jonathan Taylor would be a great fit anywhere, you know. But which to that point, right? Aaron Jones turns 29 in December. Right. Has two years left on the extension that he signed there. And A.J. Dillon is in the final year of his rookie deal right now, a guy who was, again, not a first-rounder. So coming up on the end of that. So could have been a realistic situation where either of those guys, and if you're thinking of a trade partner, A.J. Dillon, the younger of the two, so thinking in running back terms, could have been someone, even though Brian Gutenkun says he was always going to be a Packer regardless right. of what happened here, didn't really get into too much of the situation but tried to clearly smooth it over on the back end, saying we were always planning on him being around. Oh, they were. And then, you know, for Miami sitting there saying you wanted Jalen Waddell. <laughs> I mean, just again, going to the point of, do you, they didn't really want to trade him. I mean, and I still, to, to, to this day, do not understand why they didn't sign him. It's not a monster contract. Three-year deal, four-year deal, average 13, 14 mil a year. That's not a monster cap hit in today's game. And then you have him and Anthony Richardson, your rookie quarterback in that backfield. I don't get it. And I put this one on Jim Ursay. Ursay, and, and I don't know how personal Taylor, well, we know how personally he took it, where the agent was involved. I guarantee you, Chris Ballard, who had to be the one in front of the cameras for all of this, I guarantee he wanted to sign Jonathan Taylor. He wanted to give him the money. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting, too, because now we've got Jonathan Taylor on the pup list, so he's going to miss the first four weeks. That trade deadline comes up on Halloween, and is this something? Because Chris Ballard was very candid yesterday in saying, he came out and said, this sucks for the Colts, this sucks for Jonathan Taylor. this sucks more for Jonathan Taylor because y'all aren't going to pay him any money and he's seeing the writing on the wall here. So we're trying, we're all trying to find the guy who did this, Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> but now it's, and he said, we've got to repair this relationship. He's not going to sit up there and lie and say that everything's sunshine and rainbows between the team and this particular player. And dad, it's just going to be, does this get relationship get repaired enough to where they can get him back in the building? Or... Does the Colts season go the way that, you know, many people think it could? Not great. First-year quarterback and Anthony Richardson. Going to be maybe an up-and-down season. And is there a team like Green Bay who maybe all of a sudden starts to play a little bit better than expected with Jordan Love and company this year? Maybe the Miami Dolphins who were talked about in all this, where now all of a sudden you get to the trade deadline and you feel like, hey, we're making a run for something this year. Is it worth it for us now to give up a little bit of draft capital to supplement with a player like this at that juncture of the season and go all in on this? The trade deadline has turned into something. For the years I was doing radio and TV, you got to the football trade deadline, you just kind of laughed a little bit and moved on because nothing ever happened. And then we saw Christian McCaffrey and what the difference he made from Carolina to San Francisco. TJ Hawkinson leaving Detroit and going to Minnesota, the difference he made as well. So the trade, the trade deadline means something now. So I completely agree with you when we get to that point. But the one thing about relationships, you can always, and Chris Ballard said this, you can always repair a relationship. And I agree with that because money talks. The end of the day, money talks. But it doesn't seem like they're talking about the same money. No, 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 no. I, I agree. But the, the point is, the relationship would be repaired if they gave him the deal that he wanted. Because there are those that are saying, oh, we're past the point. No money is going to repair a relationship. That's bull. Money will always repair see, a see relationship. See Lamar Jackson That's in the Baltimore exactly Ravens. right. You know, guys that scrub... Uh, their team from their Instagram and everything, and all of a sudden they get the pay they want, and it's back up again. The bridge is not burned anymore. It's repaired, and we're walking over it, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. So it can be repaired. I just, I, for the life of me, don't understand what the Colts are doing in this situation. And to that end, too, you saw part of this repair has been so much of this being done in public. And even yesterday when Chris Ballard was leaving the podium and he was asked why you guys didn't pay him, and he said, we won four games last yeah. year. 
That's not helping. Yeah. None of this is helping. Well. Just say less in this situation if you're the Colts and you truly want to. Because there's a difference of saying, hey, we know we've got to say publicly we want to you know, smooth over this relationship, but actually caring enough privately to go about doing it. And it just seems like every opportunity along the way, the Colts have put their foot in their mouth publicly, led by their owner, Jim Irsay, yeah. Yeah. in making the player feel like, hey, we know exactly the situation you're in and we're going to rub your nose in it. I thought he actually handled the presser pretty well because I think the underlying tone was, gang, I wanted to pay him. <laughs> just I, say, I wanted to pay him. Y'all are saying me, I got a boss too. Yeah, but it's not my money, okay? My name's not on the check, but I wanted to pay him. But that last answer as he was trying to leave uh, was probably his worst answer, saying we only won four games. Well, you fired your coach, you benched your quarterback that you brought, and there were a number of reasons you only won four games, and Jonathan Taylor wasn't one of them. Let me, no, let me just say that. No, no, no. So that, that answer And if was he was, then yeah. that underscores the running yeah. back value conversation yeah. being so far out of whack if you're going to give him the credit yeah. for damning that team exactly. to four games. So got to pick a side somewhere on there. So the Jonathan Taylor situation gets a little bit of a muddy dismount because we do feel like this could be the end for a while. It is going to be interesting the fallout for some of the other teams that were mentioned and involved in this for the Miami Dolphins, who uh, Chris Greer came out, their general manager, and made it very clear, we were not going to trade Jalen Waddell right. for anything under any circumstances. They've also got some interesting money situations here. Not broaching a long-term deal yet with uh, Christian Wilkins, their star defensive tackle, or Tua Tungavailoa. Right. And, Dad, Christian Wilkins, I think, is going to get something done eventually. He's in his fifth-year option there this right. year. Was one of the best D tackles yeah. in football last year. Going to be playing in what we think is one of the best defenses under Vic Fangio this year. The Tua situation is fascinating to me. Well, because When you look at... The year he's coming up on now, right. one of the most pressurized situations for a quarterback in football. They picked up his fifth-year option for next fifth year. year option, right. But, Dad, we've seen this with the Shanahan-McVay coaching tree guys. They all kind of got handed. That young group of coordinators that all came up under Mike Shanahan, they all got kind of handed different quarterback situations, right? You look at Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco and what he walked into. Right. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, amorphous blob. He thinks he can make anybody work there. You had Sean McVay step into Jared Goff, revive his career, decide he wasn't enough, win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. Matt LaFleur gets a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, now making the transition here. Mike McDaniel's situation in Miami feels a lot like what Sean McVay walked into, having to get this reclamation project, tell Tua how great he is, put that 700-rip oh, cut-up yeah. on display, and now getting to the point where this feels like the year where they're going to decide – is this the guy we walk into the future with? Or is this our version of Jared Goff where we learned this season, hey, we've got a great roster around us, and now we've got to upgrade at this position if we feel like we're going to accomplish the things we want to. So I remember going into last year's season, two guys we were talking about was Jalen Hurts and Tua. Yeah. Are they going to prove that they're the quarterbacks? And, and by the way, Jalen did, and Tua was. Yeah. Until, he got again, he got his head bounced off the turf and that whole situation got handled horribly. So now we fast forward to this year. Again, they picked up the fifth-year option. He's in his fourth year to see, okay, can he get back and do what he was doing early in the season? And more importantly, cross your fingers, can he stay healthy? Because remember, he came in with a hip from Alabama, so he's had he's had some injury issues. Which which feels unfair it in does. a way because they were catastrophic freak moments, right? That hip injury was a car accident injury. Right. The concussion situation that it's different than a soft tissue injury or but, the things that we normally I mean, he's never played ascribe. more than 13 games in his exactly. season. Yeah. You know? and, no, and no matter what the injury is, you know what the management says, well, blah, 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 yeah. you've been injured, you know? So right. let's see. And they've also said they're not doing any new deals once the season starts. Yep. And the players know that and the agents know that. So you understand once the season starts, all that is going to be put to the side. Yeah. So for two of big time stuff there, Christian Wilkins will be interesting entirely new scheme now under yeah, Vic Fangio. Yeah. You're going from that one high, blitz every down, fire through one gap, to now something that's going to be a little bit different scheme-wise there. Fascinated to see how Christian Wilkins responds and thrives in that, but we will all be paying attention to that as we get going. But mercifully, thankfully, whatever God you ascribe to, we got real football getting we ready to do. kick off next we weekend yeah. that will make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming up, though, we've also got real basketball being played right now outside of track stars arguing for the viability of a world championship. USA getting it done on the big stage. My dream of Anthony Edwards continuing his rise continues to move up. But coming up next, let's talk about 
Maybe one of the voices of college football <laughs> this upcoming maybe. season. Maybe. Maybe. It's Someone we can see singing the anthem at a game this weekend. We couldn't agree more. This is your... Maybe that sound yeah, justified too. Maybe. We don't know. It's week one and we're figuring this all out on the fly here. <laughs> Stick with us. We got a lot more coming up here. Gojo and Golik right here on the DraftKings Network. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. Football is just days away. The NFL kicking off and we cannot wait. So here's what's cooking at DraftKings Network to help get you ready. Football needs to hurry the heck up. We couldn't agree more. This is your invite to a jam-packed week of preseason shows featuring our brightest football minds. We really need to talk about this. Yeah, I'm down to do that. Join us for our hurry-up house party. Tune in and ball out as our hosts drop fantasy, betting, and fan need-to-knows. That way, you'll be more than ready at our live Thursday kickoff show from Kansas City. Watch all the shows on Samsung TV Plus or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Starts Thursday, August 31st on DraftKings Network. Guys, there was some intrigue uh, with the Bengals leading into the season. We hadn't seen Joe Burrow at practice since, what, July 27th here? But he's back, baby. He's back. So are we not worried about this anymore? I mean, were we worried about it to begin with? Well, the only thing I would be worried about was the injury. I'm not worried about the contract. Right, the contract whispers. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. that. Cincinnati knows exactly where they have to go. And Joe Burrow seems like he is fine with where they're going to go. He's going to be the highest paid quarterback until the next quarterback comes up. You know, it was, Le- it was Deshaun, it was Lamar, uh, it was Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts mixed in there. Yeah, it's just going to go there. And I think he's going to be fine with it. I was happy to see no sleeve on the calf. Uh, and because soft tissue injuries at the beginning of the season are so worrisome of that coming back. So that's my only worry. I have zero worry about contract. Him not having a contract, him thinking about holding on, I don't think that is in the air at all for him and Cincinnati. I think that's going to get done. The only thing to worry about is a soft tissue injury coming back from that and not re-injuring that. Yeah, because that's been, I mean, we talked about this a lot with Lamar Jackson. We just mentioned it with Tua, like Joe Burrow and injury going back to his first year is a thing that's popped up. And that's been the worry behind that offensive line that's gotten completely rebuilt now. You added Orlando Brown this offseason is what they hoped was the last capstone on a group that they had gone to work on last year and gotten some positive results from, but now this is supposed to be the step forward they take. So he's not getting sacked 60 plus times a year, 70 times in a season and keeping that injury concern lesser and lesser. He can do a lot of things mobily for you. So you did worry about that with the calf too. That wasn't one we were as worried about here. Dad, the other side and their parts in the compatriots in the AFC, the Chiefs are hopeful that Chris Jones is going to be back before week one, but man, I don't see any signs of this thing stopping. We haven't heard any meaningful progress on this deal. Nothing at all. You know what you're going to have to pay the guy. You're going to have to pay him, obviously, a boatload of money. Uh, they know that. He knows that. It's just, a, And we all know how it is. It's a matter of where you meet. But how many games does he miss? Now, it's more important to have him at the end of the season because I think, you know, he, would, he wouldn't go past week eight because there's a past the weeks of the, the year that counts for you, so you don't have to play the year over, blah, blah, all that technical stuff. He would play some this year. Um, how much does it hurt him in the beginning? It hurts him to not have him on the, on the field. But if he's there, let's play worst-case scenario, he's there for the last half of the season in the playoffs, I think you're going to be fine. Again, what I worry about for anybody that's not starting the season off is you can train and you can prepare but you can't prepare for football. 
So it takes a while, and the biggest worry, again, is soft tissue injuries. And you get a soft tissue injury, like if Joe Burrow, for some reason, starts this season, you see him roll out and pull up again, he's gone for three, four, five weeks. I mean, he's gone for that. So that would be, that's the worry with a soft tissue injury, because you need to let it heal fully, so it, it, the less chance of it coming back on you. And that would be my biggest worry about Chris Jones. I still think they're a playoff team, even if he misses half the year. It'd be interesting, because it's obviously a very deep division and conference, uh, but I would worry about him then getting into the playing shape he needs. It's almost interesting thinking about a lot of these top-end teams that have been the perennial players at the top of the AFC. The Bills are a great example. Von Miller right now, right? Not going to be ready to go for the beginning of the season here. Likely going to wean him back. How much does that really matter? The right. beginning of the NFL season since the 2011 CBA, the first four games, have sort of felt like an extended preseason. We've talked about guys still gelling, especially on the offensive lines of scrimmage. And if you know you're playing every year for a deep run in the postseason and you've got a couple of your important pieces, like let's take Vaughn, for example, middle is mid-30s, a guy who's coming off a knee injury, who you brought in specifically to slam the door in the postseason. You want him to be the guy defenses or offenses have to account for up front when the football matters most. You've got a great roster around him in so many other places. If you're a team like the Buffalo Bills, why are you going to worry about what happens in the first few games of the season when you know your goals at the end? You want him rested. You want him as healthy as possible for that stretch run. Get him ready in November and December and then have him playing his best football in January and hopefully into February when you want to be out there on the field. Chris Jones now, a little bit more, I think, integral overall. Yeah, younger, yeah. more potent production, and really more relied upon He's out in the middle the of the Kansas more. City defense yeah. that just does not have the dogs to hunt behind him on that depth chart and defensive line. I agree. With Von Miller, it's a little more spot play. He's in a tougher division, though, right? Yes. With, oh, yeah. With uh, Miami and the Jets now, and what they, where they build, whereas Chris Jones in Kansas City, even if he misses those eight games, where is the challenge coming from the Chargers, from the Raiders, from the Broncos? But with these teams, it's also all about that one seed in the AFC. Exactly and we've right. seen the yeah. road for Kansas yeah. City. Patrick Mahomes has never had to play a road playoff game. And so that swirling around in all of this, and I'm sure they'll say they don't care, but man, especially in this day and age where the expanded postseason now, you only get one team getting that first round by, that one seed is as valuable as it's ever been. And so that's certainly gotta be in the back of the mind for all these teams. I agree, just for the fact you you want Chris Jones on your team for the coming years. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about this year, but you want that long-term deal, you want him here. He's the most disruptive, you know, he and Aaron Donald, when Aaron Donald has, has not been injured, uh, and playing his game is the most disruptive D tackle in the league. And then there's Chris Jones, who's 6'6". Now you have a taller guy being disruptive, pushing the pocket, getting in the quarterback's face. I mean, he's an absolute terror uh, in the middle of that D-line. And you know, as a former guard and center, that's the worst place a quarterback hates pressure because of all the garbage in front of their feet. And that's what Chris Jones does best. Yeah, uh, absolute nightmare fuel there. Speaking of quarterbacks, one quick note before we head out of here to talk some basketball. Our national nightmare is over here in the Northeast. Bailey Zappi back baby does is charlotte okay have we checked I, in yeah. i feel like I, we yeah. didn't need to send like a, a a carrier pigeon to her or something to yeah. let her know life's going to be okay wellness now. update yeah I, yeah they have brought back mac jones's clone they're going to make sure he is still the backup quarterback there bill belichick hasn't lost his fast he hasn't. completely yet he hasn't i mean at one point yeah mac jones they could have he and the quarterback coach could have held their uh their their meetings into dunkin donuts because it was just he and, and the coach and that was it uh, now the, the quarterback room has some more players in it. Uh, so it did work. We were all wondering, would anybody pick them up? Malik Cunningham has been, he has been fun to watch. And, you, you, and now that you can use an emergency quarterback uh, as well uh, this year to not count against that 46. So you wondered, but yeah, Bill still got his fastball, but he does need to get his team back to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that would also yeah. be a nice way to go about uh, things. But as you mentioned, that division That this division, year, it's going to be tough. You've got the uh, yeah. uh, actual real offensive coordinator back there this year working with Mac Jones. That's got to help Mac Jones, right? I mean, this is a big year for Mac Jones. We keep talking about quarterbacks for different reasons, uh, you know, getting a big deal for their legacy or just to be the quarterback of the future for a team. 
And that's where that's where Mac Jones is, right? I mean, now yeah, that he's going to have a real just OC. So much of the reason we're a little more lenient in the Mac Jones conversation is because we ascribe so much of last year to one of the more head-scratching coaching decisions yeah, made yeah. by anyone we've seen in a long time, let alone Bill Belichick, who we said has been the poster for the coach in the NFL most likely to be given the benefit of the doubt. The GM in the NFL most likely to be given the benefit of the doubt inexplicably brings back two of his old guys to coach a position they've never coached before yeah. for a quarterback still in his developmental years as a second-year player and now trying to revive that this year. It just feels like one of those weird detours. You stop over on the highway, you see something you were expecting, and then you pull back onto the road and you go, all right, let's leave that behind and go on to greener pastures. But I, I think this year for New England, I don't know what your thought is, I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think it's a year to find out if Mac Jones is going to be that guy going forward and you start – you know, what the building you're doing is around his assets and what his talents are at the quarterback position, because I don't think they're making the playoffs. No, I don't think they have the offensive firepower overall to do that. Defensively, that should be one of the best units in football yeah. yet again yeah. this season. Bill Belichick continues to build a monster on that side of the football. So don't worry about that. But uh, again, cooler heads prevail. Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, both back. The practice squad, lighten it up for the New England Patriots. <laughs> Coming up next, though, let's look at someone who is lighting it up for Team USA and play a little bit of the name game here. A fascinating situation in the NBA comes to an <laughs> end and prompts an important question for our crew here. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're watching Gojo and Golik, and Team USA continues to roll in the FIBA World Cup. Their most recent W coming over Jordan. Not such a thriller in Manila, but Anthony Edwards is thrilling. He's confident, putting up 22 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. And now his sights are set on what is next. I think we're going to win. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we unbeaten also. So, um, yeah, I think I think we had a great chance of win. We got a great coaching staff. We got great players. Yeah, and our confidence is at all time high. So we're not really worried about those guys. I like the idea that Anthony Edwards' confidence is never at an all-time yeah, high. Yeah, he's always yeah. operating up here. He right? really is. Like, yeah. maybe the rest of the team finally met him where he just lives permanently. Yeah. Because if you've ever heard that man speak. He famously, coming into the NBA as a rookie, talked about how great he'd be as a baseball player, all these different things that he could do because nobody walks into the party with more self-confidence than the Ant-Man. I love that. But he's you? already looking ahead. To, yeah, so he was he asked was about Lithuania, Lithuania. Yeah. who is also undefeated in the world in the FIBA World Cup right, right now. Right. They pay Montenegro, Montenegro on Friday. Now, right. he was. it sounded like there was a bit of a language barrier with the reporter asking yeah, the sure. question. Yeah. He was trying to clarify there. But also, that's just how he Listen. gets down. Why wouldn't he think that? Flying too close to the sun, though? You know what happens when you overlook Listen, an opponent. Th this was, he is being who he is, though. <laughs> it, he didn't say anything where we go, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. Yep. This is who he is. So you want him. If you're a reporter, that's who you want at the presser. That's who you want <laughs> in front of the microphone. But as far as the team play, they just smoked Jordan, as we said, Montenegro on Friday. Lithuania on Sunday. If they win both those games, they'll be the number one seed going into the quarterfinals. Uh, and also, both those teams coming up each have a center in the NBA. Montenegro has one in, in Chicago, and Lithuania has one in New Orleans. So Steve Kerr messed around with a bigger lineup during their win over Jordan if they're going to have to go down that road for these games. But uh, 
you know, they're doing it. As, he, as Anthony Edwards said, we're undefeated too. And just put a microphone in front of his face and let's go. Okay. Yeah, uh, Steve Kerr, who has been doing a great job yeah. as the head coach for this outfit, was also asked about that. I think winced a little bit because you know how these coaches are. They're wired to never want to overlook right. anybody. Right. Never want to get anyone bulletin board material. But I think water finds its level when he understands, hey, what this guy is doing, not only offensively, but defensively, everyone raving about what Anthony Redwards has been able to do for this team. He seems to be making that ascension to the next level. Hopefully that continues to carry over so we can be the world champions and satisfy everybody's desires oh, in the God. world of basketball. <laughs> Our national nightmare will finally be over. Yeah, yes, it will. Just do it. Again, our own guy did that. Our own athlete on track and field. Be your own guy sometimes. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that are over now, Jesse, oh, uh, boy. it appears that we are finally uh, turning the page on one really ugly situation for the NBA. Yeah, this is really an all-time story here. So NBA ref Eric Lewis was under investigation for having a burner account that would argue with fans and defend refs. Um, so... The NBA then came out with a statement saying, you know, Eric Lewis has informed the league office that he is retiring effective immediately. In light of his decision, the NBA's investigation into social media activity has been closed. Huh. So, interesting, so nice. We don't have to go any further with this, but we did get some gems out of it. My favorite part is that the name of the burner account was Blair Cutliffe. That That's is. what he went with. That Blair Cutliffe owns a boat. Yes. And Summers and Martha's Vineyard. A hundred percent and says Summers. Blair Cutliffe. Well, first off, do we have an issue with a burner to defend? I mean, we went through the whole burner thing with Kevin Durant, right? Uh, and, and everybody scratches their head and said, you're Kevin Durant. You're the mm -hmm. best basketball player in the world. Why do you care, you know, what some guy with, and then with 10 numbers after his name says about you on the basketball court? We all wonder that, and now the same with, with the NBA ref to where, you know, I, I thought he had a burner maybe for different reasons that, that, that the NBA really wouldn't have liked. Yeah. But here he's just kind of defending himself and refs. You still got to say, dude, I mean, quit being so thin-skinned, I was going to say, it's more sad than yes. it is yeah, bad yeah, or yeah, anything exactly. like that. Like, if you start to use it to take shots at other players and things like that, Kevin Durant ended up morphing into... I think one of the premier internet athletes of the modern era, a guy that will routinely jump into Twitter spaces and chop it up with fans, now just has it out on his main account, has really grown into himself on his internet after a bit of a rough start. We're never going to get to see that now with this particular referee and Eric Lewis. He'll just maybe get to tweet on main now. Maybe, maybe that's what you do is you make that your thing going forward if you're Eric Lewis and you just go official NBA ref defender and tweet from main. So my initial reaction to this was, I have a problem with it. Say it with your chest. Say it from your main account. But then it's kind of like, was he going to get in trouble with the NBA, right? If he is started he gonna doing get, that. Yeah. You know, in trouble as a ref if he's getting on the Twitter. The same way that coaches get fined if they're out here publicly criticizing, right. officiating. So that's the only part of it that I kind of was like, well, he probably wanted to say from his main, but was self-preservation for his job. Obviously, did not work out so well. Yeah, just yeah do you think they kind of came to him and they're like, hey, man, listen, this is probably going to get worse before it gets better. You're probably 100%. ready to be done, right? and, and, and to think you can get away with a burner account now, right? It all gets, everything gets found out, doesn't it? I yes. Mean, I, I don't know. I would have no idea how to do it or any of that. Did he have I'd a burner phone? Was he like tweeting from his burner phone? Yeah. <laughs> like, clearly not because he got caught. Yeah, no, I, well, listen, to Dad's point now, in the age of TikTok and Reddit, you ain't getting away with anything. No, That's nothing. just not how the game but goes But what would anymore. be your burner account name? Yeah, this is, so this is the best. Yeah. So Blair Cutliffe, again, yeah. was a fantastic <laughs> name. Anytime I've had to use like a pen name or something like that where you know, you're playing like a game and they ask you to type in a name, I've always gone with, I think, Mark Schlereth, former NFL offensive yes, lineman, yeah. our former co Played against him yeah. many times. I forget if it was Guiding Light or Days of Art, like one of those one of the soap operas, soap operas yes, that he was that on. You guys all had a good stretch where you yeah. would go on as side yeah, characters. Yeah, Greeny would go on in there, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mark went on there and had, to this day, my favorite pseudonym I've ever heard, Rock Hoover. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great anytime name. I've got to give a fake name, it is Rock Hoover. It's Rock Hoover? Yes. Jesse? I, I mean, that's a good. I've never really been in a position where I had to give a fake name, but I think I would go with Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter? Oh, man. Shout out Wingardium Leviosa and this thing. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Oh, God, had to bring in some Harry Potter. She is an wow. infamous gossip reporter wow. uh, for the Daily Prophet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or not well, even the Daily Prophet. I think she was in 
some more scandalous. Yeah, no, it was a little one of those like rag mags that you yeah. see up near the checkout counter or the grocery mm -hmm. store near yeah. Hogmead I mean, Village. I've known when I was when I was been doing in this media business for a while. I've known some of the stars in the media business when they've gone to different hotels have used different names to not use their own, uh, and then obviously for other ways you can use this type of name. I would go with Don Quixote. Oh, really? Don Quixote. A well, a classic. Well, I mean, it, it is a classic Spanish novel. Don Quixote, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, from the I think from it's the Quixote. I call it Quixote. Don Quixote. Quixote. Whatever. I just have to spell it. I have to yep. say it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a novel about a, a Spanish person in the lowest nobility dreaming about bringing chivalry back to his country and becoming a knight. But more importantly, to Gordon Lightfoot song. Uh, see, that's oh, the That's it. That, that's, that's why. why. That's, why. Talk that's why. Through Got the it. woodlands, through the valley, comes a horseman wild and free, tilting at the windmills passing. Who can the brave young horseman be? He. Okay, I'll stop. But Don Quixote. You can keep going if you want to. I'm, I'm just surprised song. you didn't go Edmund Fitzgerald. No, that, that was another person I worked with used Edmund Fitzgerald when he checked into hotels. I see. <laughs> I feel like that's one, two. Like, I'm assuming in your age demographic, yeah. if you're checking into hotels in the prime of your career, there's not going to be a lot of folks working at the desk that are probably going to get a Gordon Lightfoot reference. That's probably true. Or an Edmund Fitzgerald that's reference probably, mixed in yeah, here. Yeah. Probably not in the way, especially now. Like, you wouldn't be able I don't know if we've reached that portion of nostalgic online presence mm -hmm. for the Gen Z kids where they're going to go back and make Gordon All depends popular. on who's behind, you know, the counter at the hotel. You know, is it someone from our generation right. where you that's say it and you go, Edmund Fitzgerald, really? Or Don Quixote, really? Okay. Don Quixote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Quixote. What, what was the what was the cheese at the restaurant last night? Oh, I don't know. Cotija? I don't know. It was no, spelled uh, really Oaxacan. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The spelling of it. Yeah, it's not. That's not. It looked like Oxenanan or something. I tried was, to explain Oaxacan cheese to my father. Who it, just, it didn't even. It wasn't even spelled even close to that. You can't sound that, that one out. Yeah, you can't no. sound that one out. No. Nope. How do you do that? I mean, you, you just, you got to kind of know. And it looked like. You gotta, that's one of those, you, you got to get wrong waiter. once before you're ever going to get well, right. I'm, I'm glad you just I, point I'm, to it. I'm glad I didn't say it to her. I would have said Oxenanin or whatever. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. she would have laughed at me. My God in heaven. All right, let's get away from cheese <laughs> and to Why? maybe some of that high cheese here. Woo! Someone in the city you know all too well getting to a major milestone in his career next. This is it, guys. You are looking at the moment. Bryce Harper hit a moonshot for home run number 300. He's had a hot August, okay? Uh, homered in three straight games for the second time this month. Has 10 homers in August. Also, very cool moment here. He homered against Matt Moore, and Harper and Moore were one and two right. among Baseball America's top prospects in 2012. Now, Senior, you played in Philly. Yep. The fans are talked about often, and but Bryce Harper, he's thriving in front of the Philly fans. Oh, he has that attitude. Yeah. He, he definitely has that, that yeah. Philly mentality. He signed that, what, in 19, signed a 13-year, what, $330 million deal. But he, he lives right in that. I mean, I've talked about play, most of my career was in Philly, and those fans, man, they're... Well, the old vet in the 700 level, we'll just, we'll just leave that one alone, some of the things that went on up there. But there are fans that will let you know if they don't like what you're doing. But they'll also appreciate you in, in, in your work ethic if you're that guy, you know, that lunch pail carrying guy. And Bryce Harper, while he has been a star all his life, remember him on the cover of magazines at like 17 years old, he has been a star, but he's also been that worker. He's been that guy as well. So he fits that mold in Philly. So he, th he thrives on that. I think what the, the reaction, because I'm sure he's gotten bad reaction and good while you're in Philly. That's what it is. You know, nobody, whoever played in Philly always got a great reaction all the time. There are times you definitely get booed. I feel like Bryce Harper's general attitude is what Nick Sirianni put on his vision board when he was figuring out how to cater to the Philadelphia crowd. Because Nick Sirianni has done an unbelievable job, whether it is natural or a bit of pandering, which I expect it is. Yeah. 
his public persona on the sidelines for Philadelphia Eagles, shouting at other fans, talking in the offseason about the teams they're going to beat in the division, the way he's carried himself, he's been fiery, he's been brash. It's always felt very Bryce Harper, which has always felt very quintessentially Philadelphia. Stepping up in big moments, too, got one of the biggest postseason yeah, home absolutely. runs in Philadelphia history. All of those things, combined with being a guy that's going to kind of be big and loud, is sort of Philly's love language. He is, and a Philly athlete firing back at times at Philly fans. You know what they don't do in Philly, guys like, like that, is use burner accounts. Yeah. <laughs> they have no problem saying, I'm saying this to you, uh, and, and have no problem with it. I once walked after a, a fan who was, uh, during one of our games, our punt returner was struggling, muffed a couple of punts, and there was a guy wearing and he was sitting on the on the bench and I went over just to say hey it's okay blah 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 you know you know as other guys were and there was a dude just I mean saying every word in the book to him wearing him out and I, and I did the thing that I always say don't do yep. do not yep. acknowledge the fans saying something but it was my teammate so I did. I looked up and I had a few choice words for him and of course he's a Philly fan so he had some choice words for me and I just started walking at him and I'm like, and, and I'm hold doing it. Hold me back. I, I, I'm doing it, not thinking. And I had no problem if he didn't hold me back. Yeah. I gotta kick the crap out of the dude. Oh, but yeah, how dumb was it for me to be walking toward him yeah. to the point where a cop who was there stepped in front of me, so he blocked my view of him and just looked at me and said, "Mike, just turn around. Not worth it. We'll take care of it." And at that moment, I kind of blinked and went. Yeah, this is pretty dumb what I'm doing. There's yeah, no way I should like, be blackbacking. Thank you, officer. Thank you, yeah. officer. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. I will turn this around is, This is a dumb thing to do. But, <laughs> but, you know, that's what, you know, Bryce Harper would confront. That, that's just the type of personality he has. So 158th player to have, 300 home runs, 12th active player. And, you know, Philly's sitting there at the top of the wild card spot right now. So the season going well. Yeah, yeah. Very cool moment for Bryce Harper. Again, a guy who, kind of like we talked about, Joel Embiid figured out how to be that quintessential Philadelphia right, athlete. Right. What people wanted from you as a star, the things there. Bryce Harper, ever since he came over, also been one of those guys that has felt like a very natural culture fit in that spot. Uh, Jesse, culture in Washington, under change, under a little bit of a facelift. With the exception of one area, right? Now, apparently, we heard yesterday from team president Jason Wright. Yeah, Commanders team president Jason Wright says the team will not consider going back to the old team name. It is not being considered. Period. So the commies love it or hate it, people. It is here to stay. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think most people would like it to leave, but it is not going anywhere. What, what is with the decision to just? At this point, do you just have to like dig your feet in and be like, well, we didn't choose this, but we gotta, we gotta stay with it. We can't be flip-flopping. Maybe it's one of those things just kind of simplifying the equation before the season here. You've had so much noise around this Washington program. We talked about the comments yeah. that Ron Rivera has made publicly this offseason, yesterday most recently, talking about his quarterback and Sam Howell, who he wished he'd played earlier. We had the weird thing in camp with Eric Bieniemy, reportedly, you know, it, Ron Rivera talking about players coming to him, right. saying they were being coached too hard by Eric Bieniemy, and the weird decision to come out and mention that publicly. And so maybe this is just nipping it in the bud now, getting that out of the way. So God forbid Washington could just focus on football for a little there bit. There you go, right there. Everybody take the breath. Let's not talk about anything but the start of the season, okay? You got a big season coming up. Every game is important. You got a new OC, you know, a new year. Everybody's own oh, there's hope everywhere. So let's not talk about this. OC's working is too hard. Do we change the name? We had the change of ownership. It was a it was like like you know, like getting that new car smell, putting up the 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 pine tree in there and, and getting the stink out of your old car and Daniel Snyder gone and getting that new like car saging, smell. Saging yeah. It. Uh, uh, again, exactly. Face. So you got the new car smell, you got you got new hope there with the new ownership. So ownership on down. Let's just play football now. Let's take a breath. Let's breathe. Let's play the season. Let's play and then we'll start worrying about that again. Because in all honesty, I hope they change the name again. I hope they, they get off the commanders at some point. But this isn't the time to talk about it. No, because quite honestly, while they have definitely saged and exercised the demons in this place in the form of Daniel Snyder, and, and cannot be overstated how much the head rots the rest right. of the fish. 
in these cases, but they've still got very real question marks. Ron Rivera has got to be number one on the list of coaches people think could be fired in the middle oh, of the season. Oh, I think he's on the hot seat. Everybody always puts Mike McCarthy on the hot seat, you know, fairly or unfairly, and at times it, it seems ridiculous. And Mike McCarthy now taking back over his play, play caller. It's the Dallas right, Cowboys. Right. It's a different level there, but yeah. for Ron Rivera, it's been terrible quarterback situations, his hopes and dreams now pinned to Sam Howell, but... A situation too where you got Eric Bieniemy kind of sitting in the wings there, who's always wanted to be a head coach and is now your offensive coordinator. And if that goes sideways, he may get to it faster than anticipated. Well, think about that though. If the season doesn't go well, and if Ron Rivera did get released, and they didn't hire Eric Bieniemy as the head coach, remember he's been out doing interviews and not getting head coaching jobs, and other minorities have been getting head coaching jobs. He hasn't. So if a different head coach came in and got a whole new staff. Eric Bieniemy, because everybody's saying, okay, now he's calling the plays because he wasn't doing that in Kansas City. So he's able to, which is no reason to not make him a head coach because there's plenty of other OCs that weren't calling plays that got head cho- coaching job. See the OCs for Sean McVay with the Rams yeah. and where they're coaching now when they weren't calling plays. So or other OCs in yeah, Kansas City. Exactly that were right. Same exact Matt job. Matt Nagy, you know, so that's not the prerequisite. But it would be odd if he finally got the chance to call plays. It didn't work out there from a team standpoint and Rivera got let go and a different head coach came in and wiped the squad out and then Biennemi would be on the move again. It w- would be kind of an odd situation, but... Let's just let him play ball. I think the defense is going to be really good this year uh, for them. And let's see, as I said earlier, I think Sam Howell and Jordan Love, two quarterbacks that are not established, I thought had two of the best preseasons for quarterbacks. Now, what that means going in to the regular season, we'll see. But I liked both their, what seemed to be their comfort level in the pocket. Yeah, I think I would liken him more, and Sam Howell, you're right, probably performed more in line with Jordan Love. But I think situationally, he's in more of the Desmond Ritter situation, where because you don't have that number one next to your draft pick right, slot, right. your future is yeah, yeah, a little true. less certain than Jordan Love, who is now going to get every chance for this Green Bay Packers team to try and make something happen. Whereas Desmond Ritter at the center of that Atlanta offense right. feels like, man, if you don't show returns, there's so much excitement about the rest of that, they're going to look for somebody there. And for Sam Howell, your whole coaching staff, if you don't play well, is probably going to get cleaned out, and then you're really up a creek. We had that with Davis Mills, with the Texans, right? He got the chance to take over that team and take control, and it didn't go the way he wanted, so they they obviously bring in another quarterback uh, right at the top of the uh, top, or number two pick in the draft. So you're right. You're right about Desmond Ritter. You're right about Sam Howell. They weren't the number one guy, so, you know, let's see what they can prove out there. We're Jordan Love is going to get every opportunity in the world. They all got that Brock Purdy poster up on the wall somewhere going, this too can be me. I will say the one thing I'm glad Washington doesn't show any signs of changing is their lovely piggy mascot, Major Tutty, down on the sideline. Big fat pig with a great helmet on there. (laughs) Don't you ever touch that sweet prince of beast. Uh, But uh, we're talking about culture. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to look at a number of things as we get ready for college football this weekend, including maybe the biggest coaching name, Talking Culture, next.